about you tonight, Father God. And Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place tonight. You know, we were praying earlier before the service and I want you to keep standing because I really feel that Holy Spirit spoke to me and He said, there's some of you here that carry heavy weights on you and you think that they're yours to carry on your own. But as Hosanna said before, Holy Spirit was saying, come, come. And Holy Spirit wants to say to you tonight, the things that you've held for so long and you thought that they were yours to carry alone, He wants to lift them off you now, if you let Him. So let me pray for you tonight. And as I'm praying, I want you to picture Jesus standing in front of you and those heavy things, and you know what they are. I want you to begin to hand them to Him. Holy Spirit, I ask now, the things that weigh on us, the things that make us feel heavy and overwhelmed like life is too much, I pray, Lord, you help us to hand them to you now. And Lord Jesus, as we hand them to you, show us what you're going to do with them as we hand them to you. As we hand those things, Lord, I believe that we feel lighter. We become lighter. Holy Spirit, I pray that you do an exchange with us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats, guys. How about we give the musicians a hand tonight for the excellent job they did. I was standing over there next to Cody, who's my son, who's playing the drums. I didn't realise how loud they are when you're not um, on this side of the screen. And I thought, oh, it's probably good he's got in-ears in. <laughs> we might go a bit deaf otherwise. So I'm sure that if we spoke to any old drummers, they'd say that, that maybe their hearing's gone a bit. So thanks for coming out tonight, even with the rain and whatever else. I'm, I'm not sure what's on TV tonight. But anyway, I have a word for you tonight. And I want to speak some truth over you. Because who knows, our world is filled with lies. We can't even trust what we see on the TV at times. We don't know what agenda people have or, you know, we have to begin to investigate. So it's good to have some truth spoken over us. My hope is that as I speak to you tonight, the Holy Spirit is walking around this room and is ministering to each and every single one of you that he will bring healing to you tonight where you need it. If you let Jesus, he'll do an exchange with you. In Isaiah 61, and it's not going to come up on the screen, but in verses 1 to 4, it talks about that exchange that happens, that it's beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, that we will be like oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendour. And that's what is yours tonight if you let Jesus do an exchange for you. So let me pray. Father, I pray that you give me the right words to say tonight, that it will be your words, not my words. And Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open to hear from you and that you will do an exchange with us tonight. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. So truth for today is Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. It says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I've realised now at 50 that we actually never arrive, which is actually a good thing because if we actually ever arrived, we'd probably become a bit arrogant (laughs) and we'd look down at the people that haven't arrived yet. (laughs) But the thing is, is that God continues a work of shaping us from the day we get saved until the day that either Jesus returns or we step into eternity. Our theme this year is for the king and his cause. And it's as we live for the king, which is Jesus, which is God, and we live for his cause, he continues to shape us. He uses everything around us, life, circumstances, people, events. could go on and on and on about the things that will shape us. If you had met me when I was in this youth group, I came to this youth group in 1989. (laughs) Who wasn't born then in 1989? There's a few. Come on, you guys don't have to be shy. (laughs) But if you had met me, you would have said, most unlikely to ever be a leader. I just didn't have that it factor. I don't know what it was, but I didn't have it. (laughs) But... If you look at me today, I don't want you to think that I've always been this way because I haven't. It's as God has transformed me that he's making me better every day. And, you know, Stuart and I, this is my husband Stuart over here, (laughs) regardless of our ability, we always had a yes in our heart. And we were always obedient to what God was asking us to do. At times that's been hard. When there's people that have gone other places and done other things, there's been many times that Stu and I have sat there and talked and we said, you know what, it actually doesn't matter what we want to do. We have to be obedient to what God wants us to do. And so we're here where God wants us to be. The thing is as well that because of that yes in our heart and that obedience, it's in that whole process that God has been shaping us and transforming us and he still is. Sometimes we try so hard to fix ourselves because then we think if, if I fix that, then I'll be ready for God to use me and perhaps then we'll feel ready. But it's actually in the going that God shapes you and he transforms you. Don't wait until you feel like you're ready. If God's asking you to step out, then you need to step out. Be obedient to what God is asking you to do. I acknowledge that it's incredibly challenging to take those steps. That's why it's called a step of faith. It'd be good if it was called a step of faith, one, two, three, four, five, because I'm someone who likes to do lists. I wish that I could see all the steps out in front of me, but the step of faith faith is that one step. And it's as you take that one step that then God will show you the next step. And that's why it's a step of faith, because you've got to keep coming back to God and asking him, what's the next step? So I want to ask you tonight to have a think. Is there an area in your life 
that God is asking you to take a step because it doesn't matter who we are in this room, we all have a next step to take. I want to encourage you tonight as well, don't let your past stop you from being obedient and stepping out. All through the Bible are examples of people who could have let their past stop them. You know, Moses, he was a murderer. Rahab, she was a prostitute. Saul, who became Paul and wrote a lot of the New Testament, when he was Saul, he persecuted Christians. And he was so vigilant about it that he would go to the priests and people in charge to get letters to say that he could arrest people and have them thrown in jail, and then he would vote for them to be killed. But he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. Now, his story probably could have stopped there and he could have encountered Jesus and had a quiet Christian life because, you know, his past was pretty horrible. He could have let the shame and the guilt and the condemnation of that stop him, but he didn't. All of the people that I mentioned, and there's more in the Bible, they all let God transform them to be different from their past and they didn't let their past stop them or define them. So how does God transform us? I've got a few things tonight, not many. God transforms us when we build a hunger for the things of God. God changes us from the inside out when we focus on him. You know, if you're trying to gain muscle, and I've realised that at 50, it's not so much about gaining muscle, but if I want to be strong, then I've got to start lifting some weights. I wish I could tell in my body, but I can't. But for those of you that are younger and you, you, know, you want to gain muscle, you have to go to the gym and you have to work out. And it's the same for us spiritually, that if we want to build a hunger for the things of God, then we have to work out. I know that when I was pregnant with Ryan, my my fourth child, I was very sick. I was so sick that some days it was a miracle if I got to the lounge. I vomited every day of that pregnancy. That definitely decided it for me. I was done. (laughs) Um, But one of the things was I stopped reading my Bible. And I remember one of those days crying out to God and saying, Oh, Lord... I feel so terribly guilty that I'm not. And I remember Holy Spirit said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And I really felt a peace about that at that time. But once I'd had my baby, it was then time to start reading my Bible again. And I have to say that it was a bit of a struggle. Because in that time of me being pregnant and afterwards, I'd quenched a desire for the things of God. And so it took me setting my alarm and getting up early and sacrificing sleep, which as a a new mum, that's a big deal. And I had to, honestly, I would say it was probably 18 months of making myself do that before it was like, I'm looking forward to this. I want to spend time in the Word of God. I want to pray. I want to spend time with God. But God transforms us as we get closer to Him. Matthew 6 talks about prayer and fasting and watching what we focus on. So another way God transforms us is when we pray, which is what we were doing before the service. We were praying because we want to see things change 
in our lives and within ourselves. In Matthew 6, 6, it says, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. It's through prayer that we begin to know the will of God because we're communicating with God. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with someone where you don't talk to them? doesn't go real great. (laughs) And so I want to encourage you, let your prayer life become an ongoing conversation with God through your day. As you're, you're walking and you're talking and you're working, it's like pray, pray to God. You don't have to You don't have to kneel down and stop. You can keep doing what you're doing, but pray. You know, we all ask questions during the day, but how about we ask those questions of God? But let's take it another step further and wait for the answer. Because quite often we ask God questions, but we don't stop long enough to wait for the answer. But the the amazing thing is that blows me away is God wants to answer our questions if we stop long enough to listen to him. Another way that God brings transformation to us is by fasting. Now, I'm not someone who enjoys fasting. I'm not like, yes, let's do another fast. But I do appreciate what fasting does. It helps us to focus on God. It helps us to know the will of God. Actually, scientifically, there's some really good studies coming out now about the health benefits of fasting (laughs) as well. But fasting helps us get rid of distractions. We live in a world that's full of distractions at the moment. Social media, Netflix, we have everything at our fingertips. Who's ever been scrolling through something and then suddenly 45 minutes has gone by and you're like, where did that time go? And you don't get it back. But fasting helps us not to be distracted by those things. When we set aside time to fast, when we read the Bible, when we pray and spend time in the presence of God, we then can listen to what God is saying to us. Fasting helps to build a sensitivity to the spiritual realm around us. We do have a spiritual realm around us. As much as our Western world would like to deny it, there is a spiritual realm and it's real. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 17, it talks about how we should fast. It says, But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting. It's like, oh, really? I wanted someone to notice I was fasting. (laughs) Except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Another way that God brings transformation is in our thought life. In Matthew 6, 31 to 34, it says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. As Christians, our thought life needs to be different than the thought life of an unbeliever. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Has anyone discovered that worry doesn't actually achieve anything? It might give you a stomach ulcer, might give you more grey hair, might give you more wrinkles. 
but it actually doesn't achieve anything. It doesn't even change his situation. So it's much better not to worry. You know, we can change our thinking. We can change our thoughts. The Bible calls it renewing our minds. Uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf calls it neuroplasticity. It's a big word. So what we think about and what we worry about, where our greatest thoughts go is where our actions are going to follow. Dr. Carolyn Leaf says, and I think it's going to come up, yep, says neuroplasticity means that microscopic changes occur in the brain structure instantaneously as you think, feel, choose and experience things. This basically means the brain is plastic. It can change. So it actually doesn't matter what your age is in this room, you can change the way you think if you choose. I would encourage you that if you get stuck on a particular track or thought of thinking, that you need a go-to list. A go-to list that you prepare ahead of time, full of good things, right things, praiseworthy things, things like scripture. Have that written down as well so that when your head gets stuck on a particular train of thought and you know it's not healthy or good for you, you can begin to go through that list. Because who knows that if I say to you, let's picture a pink elephant, got it all in your head. Now I say, stop thinking about the pink elephant. Just stop, stop. You're still going to have that pink elephant in your head. It's only when I say, replace it now with a blue elephant, that you're going to be able to stop thinking about the pink and think about the blue. And that's what we need to do with our negative thoughts. I was speaking to a missionary who was here in Australia, and, and it wasn't a criticism of us. She said that she felt sorry for us. She said one thing she'd noticed in Australia is that there is such pressure on us to be caught up in consumerism, which is another big word. I had to look it up just to make sure I had the right idea. Consumerism encourages the acquisition of goods and services in ever-increasing amounts, which means basically I need more things and there is never enough things to get. And because we live in it, sometimes we're not even aware that there's this pressure on us to acquire more and more and more, a bigger house, a better car, more clothes, whatever it is, our whole society is aimed at us consuming more and more. But we need to be aware of when we're thinking that way. It can actually consume our thinking. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So here's a thought for you today. We are blessed, not for ourselves, but to be a blessing to those around us. And I can tell you there's much more joy in us being a blessing to those around us than being a blessing to ourselves. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want to encourage you today that if there is something that God is asking you to do, he'll always equip you to do it. He doesn't ask you to do something and then not leave you unequipped. He will put it into your hands. 
God also transforms us when we surrender. When I say the word surrender, what comes to mind? When I say, what about surrendering control to Jesus? What comes to mind then? Sometimes we can think of surrender in terms of what will I lose if I surrender? It's a bit like if I give someone the keys to my house to come and clean my house, I give up my keys, but the benefit far outweighs the cost. And it's the same for us with Jesus, that if we surrender control to Jesus, the benefit far outweighs the cost. And when we surrender, it's not like we give up and not the way we think giving up means like we give up to the situation, but we hand it over to Jesus. That is the type of surrender that I'm talking about. Have you ever wondered that perhaps the one who created you knows you better than you know yourself? In Philippians, uh, Philippians, Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Can I just say here, this passage of scripture I find incredibly challenging because you're not quite sure what God's going to say. But we need to do that because he knows us better than we know ourselves. That we need to say, God, is there anything in me that offends you? Will you show me what that is? And he does. But I want to encourage you about who God is and what he says about you. God has good things for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So when you ask that question of God, is there anything in me that offends you? He has good things in store for you. He's not going to slam you and squash you down like a bug on the ground. He wants to see you rise into your potential that he created you for. So I want to ask you tonight, is there something that you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus tonight? Perhaps it's your life that you need to surrender to Jesus. Sometimes we hold on to expectations or we hold on to disappointment or when things don't go our way, sometimes we need to let go of those things and hand those to Jesus as well. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 to 21, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. I'm just going to stop there for a second. That's talking about who God is and what he's done. And may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. As we surrender to God, we also find that what's important to God becomes important to us. We take on his heart. As we're obedient and faithful serving where God has placed us, I can testify that the dreams that you have in your heart right now, God will see them come to pass. 
it's important that we remind ourselves of the why, why we do things. You know why? Because as I said at the beginning, we're surrounded by lies and we need to hear the truth. Well, we also leak the truth. It's like the truth leaks out of us. And so we've got to keep topping up the truth every day to remind ourselves, particularly when we have disappointment, particularly when things don't happen the way we were expecting, we need to top ourselves up with the truth. The important thing to remember is, is that the enemy uses disappointment to try and take us out. Are you going to let what the enemy does to try and take you out be the thing that wins? Or will you decide that even though the enemy meant it for evil, God's going to use it for good? Will that become your victory cry today? And why do we let God shape us? It's so that we can live for the king and for his cause. What is his cause? It's the cause of the gospel to everyone everywhere. Can I ask the team to come back up, please? Today, I want to remind you that it's never too late to turn your life around and serve God. That God is willing to forgive us no matter how bad we've been. There is no unforgivable sin. That with faith, anything is possible. And that God can use anyone for his purposes no matter their past. As we take on his cause, he slowly transforms us. So tonight, as we finish, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that if you have some things that you need to hand to Jesus tonight, that you'll be able to do that. If there are things that you're worrying about, that you'll hand that over to Jesus as well. If you need to ask God to search you, to see if there's anything in you that offends him, I want to pray for you as well. I'll get you to close your eyes. Lord, I ask tonight that where we need to take a step of faith, that you would show us. Lord, even if it's a scary step of faith, that we would have the courage to do that, Lord God. Father, if there are things in our life that are distracting us, would you show us now what those things are? And help us to lay aside those things. Father, if we're worrying about a situation that we need to hand over to Jesus, I ask that you'd help us to do that. That we would hand those worries to Jesus now. And Lord, we would ask that you would search us today. If there's anything within us that offends you, that you'd show us what that is so that we can walk in the right ways. And Lord, I pray that as you show us, you show us what we need to do with it. How do we set things right? And most of all, Father, I pray that you help us to rest in you. For your Holy Spirit to rest on each and every single one of us here now. And that your peace that passes all understanding would rest on us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. How about we thank Pastor Veronica for that word. Yeah?
If you want to grow into a totally committed follower of Jesus, you need to take a step in prayer. You need to take a step in fasting. Step out in your thought life. Things need to change. A willingness to surrender. And I know that God has spoken to you tonight. That One of those things, it was a standout. And I want to encourage you. What's your next step this week? What are you going to do to take a step?